Maverick News presents The Rick Walker Show Defrag Your Mind Good evening everyone, I'm Rick Walker. Welcome back to the Maverick News Channel. Sorry about the little glitch there. But we're back in business. Uh, thanks for joining me here on the program. Uh, a little bit of an exposure problem there on the video, but we're here and we're broadcasting. I'll try to rectify that. Uh, and it looks like we are functioning properly across the platforms, so we're in good shape there too. Uh, we'll talk about what else? The, uh, the war between Israel and Hamas, which honestly is a war that involves other countries as well, including the United States and by extension even, uh, you know, Canada. The whole world is involved in one way or another, whether it's protests or just people sitting around worrying about it worrying about possible terror attacks now as an extension of all of this. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll touch on that. I don't know what other stories we'll uh, we'll have time to get into tonight. Um, there is other stuff going on out there, of course. But uh, not a lot of stuff that, you know, anybody's really talking about. It's all focused on Israel. And I think in this case Maybe justifiably so. It could blow up over there pretty easily. And we're even seeing a warning tonight coming from Iran to Israel. Saying that you know they need to pull back. Or they could suffer what, what Iran is saying is a major earthquake. Not in the literal sense. I think what they're saying is that if Israel moves ahead and uh, proceeds with this plan, which could result in a lot of destruction, civilian deaths in Gaza, that it, it, it'll, it'll probably spill over into a much wider conflict um yeah worried about it let's take a quick break when we come back we'll start digging in to today's top stories don't go away be right back greetings brave mavericks our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now, now, tomorrow, 
may be too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The, the world, world is, is watching. is watching. Okay, I'm back. So yeah, um, Iran's foreign minister today called on Israel to stop its attacks on Gaza. Is uh, So what we have here is Iran warning that war that the war might expand to other parts of the Middle East if Hezbollah joins the battle, and that would make Israel suffer what uh, Iran's foreign minister is describing as, quote, a huge earthquake. He told reporters in Beirut that Lebanon's Hezbollah group has taken all the scenarios of a war into consideration. And that's why Iran is warning Israel to stop its attacks on Gaza as soon as possible. Whatever as soon as possible means. Now, this is a pretty serious situation for Israel because Israel considers Hezbollah to be its most serious immediate threat. Because Hezbollah has somewhere in the vicinity, according to Israel and its intelligence service about 150,000 rockets and missiles, including missiles that can hit anywhere in Israel, precision-guided missiles. In addition to that, Hezbollah has thousands of fighters who are experienced, battle-hardened after participating in Syria's 12-year conflict, which has uh, seen different phases. Hezbollah's fighters um, are on full alert along Lebanon's borders with Israel. And today, the Israeli, Israeli military said that an Israeli drone strike along the border with Lebanon killed a cell that was trying to infiltrate into Israel. 
Hezbollah says its fighters fired several rockets at uh, at least four different Israeli positions along the border. Uh, and this afternoon, Hezbollah fighters fired a barrage of rockets again. That was on Friday that they fired on those positions yesterday. And then today, they fired a barrage of rockets and shells at positions, Israeli positions, in the disputed Cheba Farms area and Israeli troops fired back in areas in southern Lebanon. Um, so the death toll continues to climb. I believe we're up uh, well over 2,100 confirmed deaths in total at this point. And it's going to get worse. I believe we're now looking at uh, well over 8,000 people who have been severely injured in this conflict. And of course, it looks like things are likely to just get a whole lot worse. No end in sight. And I think we all need to be worried about this war spreading. As I said right from the beginning, this is, uh, this is a conflict that uh, it's, it is not just Israel against these against Hamas. You're already seeing all these other countries line up on one side or the other. Uh, the United States obviously backing Israel, not saying that there are no plans to put boots on the ground right now, but we have the, uh, the USS Gerald Ford, the largest aircraft carrier in the fleet on the U.S. side in the region. And the U.S. obviously poised and ready to take action if, uh, if they deem it necessary. And then on the other side, you see all these Arab nations lining up against Israel. And it's getting very, very messy. And people reaching back into history to find justification or just even to try to make sense of what's going on over there. And I think a lot of people finding that the information we have leaves everyone coming up short because things kind of don't make sense. And the lines of logic and common sense just get blurred. We can't quite make sense of what the political ideological lines are here. Both sides essentially calling each other Nazis. I honestly never thought I'd see the day when... The Jewish people, people in Israel, would be essentially called Nazis. But that's honestly what's happening. The, the Jews are being portrayed by their enemies as the Nazis. And the Jews portraying the Palestinians and Hamas as Nazis. I can see, uh, you know, as a, you dig into it, you really dig into it, you can start to understand why one side is making that accusation and why the other side is making that accusation. You can kind of, you can figure it out. But I think it's, um, you know what, it's, it's actually very unfortunate that over the years, 
that accusation has been leveled at so many so loosely that it has really watered watered it down. I've said that for a long time. When you see people get into political arguments or you get into the middle of a political campaign, and I've seen so many like conservatives here in North America, I've seen so many smeared, accused of being Nazis, when they're really just conservatives. In any event, we've got a really serious problem on our hands. An absolutely just terrible situation. And everyone seems to be picking a side, picking a side. Which side are you on? Everybody needs to pick a side. And I just don't know. And the, 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 the propaganda war is, uh, it's just in overdrive. You know? Um, oh, in fact, there was a story. I'll just call it up for reference here. CBS News. I think it was CBS. I believe they had a story about misinformation. And while, you know, normally I would sit here and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, they're, they're using this, uh, this fear of misinformation to really target political opponents. So here it is here. Social media disinformation spreads amid war in Israel. Well, here, I'll bring it up so you can see it, because I do want to discuss this a little bit. And uh, it is true. Here we go. I have it for you. I had almost forgotten about this article that I saw earlier today. So social media disinformation spreads amid war in Israel. It says, uh, as the war in Israel and Gaza plays out in real time on social media, experts say bad information and propaganda are spreading on X, formerly known as Twitter. Well, I think that it's spreading everywhere because it's propaganda on all sides. Alethea, a research group, said that they had detected a network of at least 67 accounts on the site posting false content about the war. Those posts, which include mistranslated videos, have received millions of views. Quote of Lisa Kaplan, founder of that company, who says it matters whether or not people believe it. The more times that people are able to view content of a similar nature, the more opportunities an actor has to convince somebody of something that may or may not be true. The war comes after Elon Musk, the owner of X, laid off much of the team responsible for monitoring posts on the site. On Tuesday, the European Union sent the billionaire a letter asking him to immediately move, remove illegal content and disinformation. If not, penalties can be imposed, the EU warned. X said early last week that they have already removed Hamas-affiliated accounts and several hundred accounts other major social media platforms, including Facebook, TikTok, and Snap, told CBS News that they have increased their resources to fight disinformation. Matt Caulfield, a research scientist at the Center for an Informed Public, a multidisciplinary research center at Seattle's University of Washington, said that ongoing disinformation can cause chaos. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you're getting the picture, right? And he says here, when we flood people with this sea of unvetted information, much of it deceptive, we're throwing away the goodwill of our citizens. We're opening the door to a variety of people that want to manipulate their goodwill. Kaplan said as the war continues, she and Alethea expect to see the online world get more complicated. No kidding. More actors will be weaponizing information, she said. Mm -hmm. That is true. Still not in favor of censorship, though. It's complicated out there. And there is all kinds of crazy stuff going on. I'm not sure uh, what to do about it. Um, because at what point, you know, I would say, well, before I say this, I need to make a correction, actually, because yesterday we ran video of what appears to be an Israeli soldier who was working to dismantle or disable an explosive device along a fence line. And there was a flagpole there. And he removed the flagpole, walked over, and in the video, and well, the caption for the video said that the, the uh, Israeli soldier, bomb expert, I guess, did not realize that there were explosives inside the pipe for the flagpole. And when he set it down, it blew up and killed, I think, him and a couple of other people who were there, a couple of other soldiers. Well, the thing is, that was presented to me as new. And after we were off the air last night, it was brought to my attention that that's actually old video. So there, it lacks credibility. It was presented to me in an improper context, not fresh, not new. I don't even know how old it is. It has, it was from before this, this particular war was declared. So I got caught yesterday and I apologize for that with the massive flow of information. It is true. It is very difficult to filter it all and figure out what's real and what isn't. And yesterday I presented something to you that was not in proper context, and I am sorry about that. So I need to make you aware. So that is a retraction and an apology on my part. I am doing my best, as I'm sure all of you are as well. And it is always my objective and my intention to get you as close to the truth as we possibly can. And I take great exception to anyone who is putting information out there that is not factual, that is not true. And of course, the first casualty of war is truth. And we are seeing it online. We are seeing it with massive propaganda campaigns, massive psyops, in my opinion. The most sophisticated psychological manipulation campaigns in history sophisticated and extremely effective so effective we don't really know who is behind them at any given time no doubt multiple players multiple countries but where is this one coming from where is that one coming from 
Who are the major players? It's all designed so that we just don't know. I will tell you this. Tonight, Israel is losing badly in the information war. They are losing ground in the court of public opinion. And the information war is quite possibly the most important battlefront there is. Because without public support, no government can survive a war. They need you to support what they are doing. Or they're cooked. And they can't do what they need to do. Because they really do need the public consent. It's a social contract. And you have to give your consent. And that works on both sides. Not just the side that governs you, not just your government. The other side needs your support too. They need your support so that you're not giving it to your government, which is their enemy. That's why they target you as well. Remember that when you are formulating your views and opinions on any of this stuff. There's a war on for your mind, for your support, for your consent. And I got burned yesterday just by running that video. And did you a disservice as a result? Now more than ever, we need truth. Whatever that is, all we can do is try to get as close to it as we can. Um, yeah, you know, uh, that the beheaded babies narrative, right? Like, like right there. Israel, big loss. They were going for a big score, big loss. They're outside that uh, kibbutz where they did have a lot of people killed. And that reporter stood there, that female reporter for I-24. And then just started talking about the beheaded babies. And it didn't take very, as soon as I heard it, I was like, no, not sucking me in on that one. I need verification, and I said so that day. Sure enough, it's coming out that uh, not real. And why? Why? The truth is horrific enough. And it is true, I'm sure of it, that the initial Hamas attack targeted civilians. We know that that is what happened. In fact, tonight, those four Canadians that we spoke of last night, missing, it looks like they're dead. The family of one of the women who has been missing now saying publicly online, social media saying that she's dead. But the disinformation, the misinformation, the malinformation, the propaganda is in overdrive and getting caught 
in a lie is then used as truthful propaganda by people on the other side, which is why you should never lie. Because once you get caught, your adversary will use it against you. And once you get caught in a lie, everything you say is then questionable. You blow your credibility. Don't lie. If you make a mistake, that's one thing. Then you own up to it. You own it. And you correct it. Don't lie. It undermines everything else you do. It might spread far and wide very quickly, but it's going to catch up with you and bite you on the butt. So here's a CNN reporter in New York, I believe, getting called out by a pro-Palestinian protester. Do you care about oh, the sorry, babies that were beheaded? No, the babies? they were never beheaded. That was a made-up story. How do you not know? true. It's Show me the pictures now. So what about Show 19? me the pictures. You're a lion but, full of You're full of do you care about the babies that were beheaded? No, the babies they were never beheaded. That was a made-up story. How do you not true? It's Show me the pictures now. So what about no. Don't lie. It'll come back to haunt you. I mean, <laughs> the government got away with it uh, for a while with the... Uh, the babies and the the babies in the incubator story being taken out of the incubators. You know, one of the, the, the main narratives that they used to justify the Iraq war to take out Saddam Hussein, right? It was a lie. People know that now. And that still haunts the U.S. government to this day. It's one of the reasons people have lost so much trust in their government and the weapons of mass destruction. Lie, 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 lie. And so now how can we believe anything that they say? Cry wolf far too often. But in this day and age, I'll tell you this. The technology has advanced to a point and the techniques have advanced to such a point that they could stage an entire war online and convince people that it's going on when, it, 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 when there is no war at all. They could. And they could convince people that it's all true. And they could convince enough people that it's true to the point where they could manipulate you and get you to do anything they want, pretty much. Not everybody, but enough people. I'm not saying that's the case here. I'm just telling you that that is how sophisticated the technology is. The artificial intelligence that's out there, the, uh, the video technology, the social media, just social media alone. 
you can target people with information, filter out other information, send videos and authentic looking news reports straight into people's feeds to convince them of just about anything. Anything. I wake up in the morning now, I look in the mirror, I say, are you sure that what you think is real? Are you sure that any of this is real anymore? And that is, the, that is their success. It's so bad that I have to double check everything that I even think, triple check and quadruple check it, because the information coming into me is polluted just as it is for you. Propaganda, complete fabrications, old recycled video content made to look new again. All of these things are happening all the time in order to make us pick a side, one side or the other. And I, yeah, 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 I really have to dig deep and, and hope that you Hope that you get it right, man. Because if you, make, if you make one mistake and think that one thing is real that isn't real, it's like a domino effect and it will take you and it will knock other ones down because now you're driving down an information highway uh, that is and, uh, fake. And because you believed this, you believe that, and then you believe that, and then you believe that. Be careful. Enough of that. <clears throat> now, I also know that uh, censorship is, oh, my God. I mean, governments are using this as a as justification for more censorship. Um. Who is cracking down on this? France is, I believe. Um, I can't even keep it all straight. Turkey has a new disinformation law that could jail journalists. That's back in 2022, and they'll be using that. Um, protests are being outlawed. And I know that... Uh, here in Canada, there is growing concern about hate speech, hate rallies, pro-Palestinian, outright bans, people being arrested. So, again, you know, huge danger there. And uh, here we are talking about propaganda. Okay. Here's a Palestinian clip. Okay, now there are two points of view on this. Here's, the, here's a pro-Palestinian post on what they're saying is an airstrike, an Israeli airstrike. And I'll show this version of it to you first. Yeah. 
Okay, so there's that version. And then there is this alternative version. If I can find it for you again. Yeah, here it is here. Okay, so this in this version, it's uh, from the Israeli War Room Twitter account. Same video with captions above it saying, when, we, when you slow down the video, it says, the lack of movement in the air clearly proves that this was a Gazan car bomb likely stored under the car, not an Israeli airstrike. Anti-Israeli propaganda is out of control, it says on the post. And here, I'll bring that post up so you can see it. And then I'll run their version. You can decide for yourself based on the two different videos. One in regular time, this one in slow motion. And indeed, I'll stop it here right there. So there's the start of the explosion. You see under the car? That's what it appears to be. May very well be factual. And the explosion does appear to come from the bottom up, the ground up, from the street up not from any kind of missile strike and i'll bring it back again for you right there so you can decide for yourself one way or another we are being bombarded with propaganda on all sides all sides And these are, this is a missile attack from Lebanon toward Israel. Let me bring this up for you. You know, when I'm just telling you from all of the media that I've been fed over the years about this conflict, I, I admit that I have some cliched images burned into my brain. And so when people talk to me about or when I think about the decades long conflict between Israel and Palestine, I instantly in my mind think of Palestinians throwing rocks at Israeli soldiers 
or tanks. That's what's in my mind. But that video, in that video from RT, that indicates that that, that doesn't look like rocks. Those are missiles, man. Thousands. Remember, thousands. Thousands and thousands of missiles have now been fired into Israel. If Hezbollah gets involved, what did I say in that previous story? They have something like 150,000 missiles pointing at Israel. Those are not rocks. I'm trying not to pick a side in this. I'm just presenting the information. Because as far as I'm concerned, everybody's losing in this. And I want peace. You don't get peace by firing missiles. And you don't get peace by then going in and flattening homes. You'd, but I also know that there's a lot of propaganda, and I'm trying to be very careful about any, any opinions that I form on this. I'm also aware that through when you're looking backward in time at history, everything that you're absorbing from history is also tainted by propaganda and largely by the victors of the war or sometimes now today the victims people who have claimed ownership of victimhood as a result of losing in a war then weaponize that to get sympathy or pity and support and spin their narrative into it as well or their perspective and sometimes it isn't that people lie not at all quite often they're just sharing their personal account what they saw their perspective their worldview their personal experience going through war sharing their story and these are horrific stories that's their truth. That's what they saw. That's what they lost. That's what they experienced. This, was, this is their pain. People can relate to the pain. It's all meant to form your opinion. I can tell you that as a journalist, I was taught a long time ago from the beginning that to tell a story... In, in the most effective way possible, you humanize it or peopleize it. This is what is, what, what, what is being done to some degree now. Not that effectively yet, but it will come. I haven't seen too many accounts of, you know, single victims being focused or featured. To some degree, yes, but not in a, in a major way right? Not yet. It's coming. But to tell a story in the most effective way, you humanize it. You 
you try to get it drilled down to like a, a handful of people or even better, one person, one victim with a terrible story to tell, an emotional story, and you wrap the whole story around that, that, that person. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. It's just a really effective way to engage people because people relate to people. People can relate to a personal experience from someone. A million people dead is a statistic. One baby dead. That's horror. Because people can relate to it. That's why they told you the story about all the beheaded babies, but didn't work. Too many of them. No evidence. No personal accounts. No grieving parents. No information, no evidence to back it up. And yet, so horrific, the story, that it went around the world instantly and spun out of control. And a lot of people still believe it. I saw more posts about it today. But not true and as more people become aware that it wasn't true that will backfire don't lie unfortunately i'll say this though the technology is at the point and i just said this before you could do a whole war you could create a whole war online and, and convince people that it's true because some people will always believe it no matter what as long as there's no backing down from it they can convince you of just about anything. Some people. So now it is possible to lie and get away with it. That's what these psyops are all about. That's how they work. <sighs> Scary times, man. All right. Let's move on and talk about some other stuff, okay? I've just... Honestly, I've had my fill of uh, this war, and it's only, what, day, it's day 11, I think. I can't keep track of the days anymore. I just know that we, I mean, <laughs> as more and more countries line up and pick a side on this thing, when do we actually say that we're in World War III? We're dancing around this stuff, you know. It's like the superpowers. Everything's fought through proxy wars. Oh, here's some funding for this, and here's some funding for that, and uh, here's a, a billion for that, and 20 billion for this, and here's some more bombs for you guys. What, did, did the United States and Russia have to go head-to-head -head directly and actually formally declare that we're now in an actual war, or the U.S. with China, or what, whatever? Like, at what point? It's pretty clear to me that we've been in a, in, a, in a world war for some time, most of it being fought here online through this information warfare. 
When are we? When are we just going to come out and say it instead of saying, "Oh well, you know, uh, John Kirby standing there saying, no, there's no, we have no plans to put boots on the ground, U.S. boots on the ground.' No. Well, I don't know, man. <clears throat> We're that close. I said this a couple of nights ago in my assessment of the whole thing, and I'm still standing by that. You're seeing all these different Arab countries line up on one side or the other, most of them against Israel. This thing can blow up like that. And if you have all of these other countries lined up, like Hezbollah, you know, Hezbollah, Hamas, Iran, Syria, you, you, you get them all in there. And the United States is, is committed to defending Israel. What do you think is going to happen? Israel has a small army, really. 400,000 troops, as I understand it, is like all they have. Might sound like a lot, but really, in the overall scheme of things, no, not really. You get all those other countries coming at Israel? No. The only way to stop it from going nuclear is to put boots on the ground in there and bolster their numbers so that they have a fighting chance against all of the other countries that are going to line up against them. And then try to make sense of all this uh, history, okay? Just try. Because right now, the narrative is being spun based on historical facts in, some ca- in, in, a, in a way, all right? They're trying to align Israel now with Nazi Germany. And there is academic work out there to support the assertion that Israel... Made a deal with Germany early on as Germany was trying to expel the Jews from from Germany and made a deal to satisfy lobby groups in the United States who were opposed to who were putting pressure on Germany by calling for sanctions against German exports at the time to, to give the Jews exit to Palestine and to create a homeland. And therefore, you see that the Jews are actually Nazis because they made a deal. Anyway, the narrative is out there. Um, This is the way it's sort of being portrayed. Everything is being flipped upside down now. Israel definitely losing this propaganda war. The U.S. definitely losing the propaganda war. Unless you believe the other idea, narrative, conspiracy, whatever you want to call it, that the United States is actually a Nazi fascist country that really wants the Jews to whatever because they're funding the other side as well and it's all whatever. So they don't really support Israel. They just fake it. I don't know, man. It's blowing my mind. Is it blowing yours yet? Can you make sense? What, do you know what the truth is anymore? The Jews are Nazis? What? And this from, like, learned, credible journalists. <laughs> and they present, I think, factual information, but then take it to that next level. And I get it, too. I get it. 
I understand the logic behind it, which scares me. But is it really the case? When you're at war, you need to dehumanize your enemy. That's how you justify killing them or getting other people to kill them for you. They're monsters. They're human animals. Demons. Scum. Nazi scum don't deserve to live. Pedophile Nazis. The, just dream up the worst thing you can possibly dream up. How about maggot-infested Nazi pedophiles? How about that one? How about a Nazi-infected maggot sandwich? How about a Nazi burger maggot sandwich with, with, a, with a special order of lice fries? How horrific is that? Now do you want to kill them? Whichever side I'm talking about. That's what you have to do. That's what they do, the propagandists. They dehumanize the enemy so that they're not human anymore. It's always been done. Always. I talked about my uncle the other night who, you know, product of World War II. So he used to talk about the Japanese in the most colorful, most distasteful ways you could imagine. He's no longer with us. But man... They filled his head with terrible thoughts about the Japanese. Wow. God help us. It drains you after a while, you know. It's just, uh, it is emotionally draining. And it's been a, tor it's been a terrible Three and a half, so whatever, how many, I can't, can't even keep track of the days of the time. The pandemic and the lockdowns and the drag queen story times and the everything and the censorship and the just the ongoing and the Trudeau and the Biden and the senility and the falling down all the time. And all the fears about all the other fear porn crap that they feed us every day about our don't eat the food, don't drink the water, but drink 10 glasses of water or you're going to get dehydrated. And if you get dehydrated, you'll shrivel up and die into dust and turn into a chem cloud. Oh, and then, you know, by the way, it'll be a couple more days and we'll actually be in World War III because um, Hamas is now attacked uh, Israel and slaughtered civilians, but we're not calling it, we're, they're the good guys, according to this group, because they're, they're victims, so it's okay for them to go in and do that. And the other side, though, shouldn't go in, but some of them want them to go in and exterminate the other side. So, you know, depends on which side you're on, which group you want, like, exterminated tonight. Which group do you want exterminated? How about we commit genocide on this group? No, let's commit genocide on that group. Which, which side are you pro-genocide for? Have we, we all lost our freaking minds? 
I'm on this side. Well, do you know what they're calling for? Do you know what they want to do? Is that what you're supporting? My God! Not me. Mm-mm. Not me. You guys go pick whatever side you want. I'm right here. Just stop. I mean it. Like, stop. That's the answer. And then, take all the history and put it aside. They won't. But the only way forward, the only way you're going to be able to, to, to do this is you're going to have to take all of that. The old history, the recent history, and what's happening right now. And you, they'll need to take that and you got to put it over there. Put it over there. And then people have to learn to forgive each other. Seek not vengeance. The world is a big place. There's room for everyone. We don't need to depopulate it. We don't need to kill other people. We don't need to genocide anything. We just need to learn to live together because if we don't, we're all gonna die together. That's all there is to it. Be right back. The New World Order Government Overreach The Great Reset Mainstream Media Lies Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now, at FreedomReporters.com That's FreedomReporters.com Maverick News The Antivirus Program For Your Mind Cam here. In other news, uh, Donald Trump 
is pledging to end Joe Biden's electric vehicle mandate to help consumers. And he's calling on United Auto Workers to ditch the Democrats. This is a story out of the Daily Caller. Found this one this afternoon. This, they say, is an exclusive. Now sharing it with you, so I'm giving them direct credit on this. So here's the headline. Yes, Trump pledges to end Biden's EV mandate to help consumers calls on UAW to ditch Democrats. So he says here, former President Donald Trump has promised to repeal the Biden administration's regulations to promote the introduction of electric vehicles in the U.S. economy and called on the United Auto Workers Union to back him, according to a video provided exclusively to the Daily Caller News Foundation. Trump, the leading candidate for the Republican presidential nomination, has previously criticized President Joe Biden for his administration's regulation requiring future heavy vehicles to meet higher emissions standards and subsidies for newly purchased electric vehicles enacted under the Inflation Reduction Act. In his video, Trump vowed to repeal the pro-EV measures, calling them insane. Biden's electric vehicle mandate and his insane fuel economy standards, and there's no economy to it, are forcing companies to drastically raise prices and even eliminate their affordable gas-powered models altogether, which people want, Trump said. He says, I will repeal Joe Biden's electric vehicle mandate, and I will do everything in my power to achieve a drastic reduction in the cost of a new car. Adding that prices have spiraled out of control under Crooked Joe. So, oh, here, this gets, actually gets better. Trump also called on the UAW to support him in the 2024 presidential election. And again, quoting him here, he says, we're going to bring back auto manufacturing to the United States of America. Tell your union head, Sean Fain, tell him not to endorse the Democrats. Trump said in the video to UAW members who have been on strike since September 15th over a contractual dispute with large automobile manufacturers. Yeah, they want massive wage hikes in around the 40-45% range, which is like, I blows my mind. Talk about inflation. But anyway, um, then he goes on and says again, quote, the communists want a world where you are dependent on public transportation which they control while the rich and powerful cruise around in luxury electric vehicles or other types of cars that are very expensive. They don't care, looking down on the people, looking down on hard workers, and looking down on the people who really built our country. He's, Trump goes on and says, I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to give you a job. We're going to make a lot of money and a lot of cars, he concluded. If you want a new car that you can afford, you, can, you have to vote for Trump. If you want jobs making new cars, you have to vote for Trump. Shall we run the clip? Let's see what he says. Oh, they've got an ad first. Of course they do. Ad over in one and done. And here we go. Oh, another ad. They have two ads on the Daily Caller. This one I don't think we get to skip. And I don't have any audio. Let's see if I can bring it up here. No, I clicked on that. That takes me to a link. Are they even going to let us run the stupid video? Still running. Where's the audio? Come on. I want to hear Trump. 
Come on, Daily Caller. Give us the Trumpster. Here we go. There's the audio there. It's out of business, and it is doing that. Joe Biden's catastrophic automobiles. No. Joe Biden's catastrophic electric vehicle mandate isn't just putting our great auto workers out of business, and it is doing that. It's making cars totally unaffordable for American families and consumers. If you've looked recently at buying a new car or even a used car, you know that under Crooked Joe, prices have spiraled out of control like every single other product, whether it's food, whether it's fuel, anything you — they're all — the whole country is a mess with what's happened with inflation. Car prices are up nearly 30 percent since I left office with the average new car now costing an astonishing $50,000 and more. The typical car payment is now almost $750 a month. It's a war on American automobiles, and it's a war on the American family and a war on American dream, because it really is. We want the American dream back. You can't have it when you can't even buy a car. The cost is too much, and the whole concept of only electric is ridiculous. But it's all because of Crooked Joe's Socialist Green New Deal. Biden's electric vehicle mandate and his insane fuel economy standards, and there's no economy to it, are forcing car companies to drastically raise prices and even eliminate their affordable gas-powered models altogether, which people want. They really want those gas-powered. We have more gasoline than any country in the world. It's called oil. It's called gasoline. We have more than anybody, and they're not letting us use it because they're sick people that are looking to destroy the auto workers and our country. To comply with Biden's mandate, automakers have no choice but to push consumers toward their ultra-expensive electric models. And if they don't, they're punished with hundreds of millions of dollars in fines. Even buyers of gas-powered cars are being forced to cross-subsidize the massive losses car makers are taking on electric vehicles, which is going to basically put these companies out of business. And all of the electric vehicles are going to be built in China anyway. As a result, under Biden, you practically have to be a rich person to buy a new car, and that's exactly the way the radical left communists want it. They hate the suburbs, they hate rural America, they hate the middle class, and they hate the American way of life. The Communists want a world where you're dependent on public transportation, which they control, while the rich and powerful cruise around in luxury electric vehicles or other types of cars that are very expensive. They don't care. Looking down on the people, looking down on hard workers, and looking down on the people that really built our country. With Biden's extreme mandate, the average age of a car on American roads is now over 12 years. We're wow. becoming a Cuba an impoverished third-world nation. We have bad elections. We have bad open borders. As your president, I will stop the radical left's vindictive punishment of our middle class. I will repeal Joe Biden's electric vehicle mandate. And I will do everything in my power to achieve a drastic reduction in the cost of a new car. I will get the prices way down so that you can afford the lifestyle your family deserves. If you want a new car that you can afford, you have to vote for Trump. If you want jobs making new cars, you have to vote for Trump. If you're a United Auto Worker or an auto worker of any standard, of any state, I don't care. They're going to destroy your business. Within two years, you're not going to have a job. I'm going to bring back jobs. I'm going to bring back the manufacture of automobiles in our country. 
Millions and millions of automobiles are brought into our country every year. And we're going to now make our own automobiles like we used to many years ago. For four years, I did a great job. And now we're going to finish that job. We're going to bring back auto manufacturing to the United States of America. Tell your union head, United Auto Workers, Sean Fain, tell him to not endorse the Democrats that are going to put you out of business. You're going to be out of a job. Doesn't matter what you get on an hourly basis. You'll be out of a job within two years. I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to get you a job. You're going to make a lot of money, and you're going to make a lot of cars. We're going to bring back the car industry to America. Thank you very much. Vote for Trump. There is some truth in what he's saying. A lot of truth, actually. A lot of truth. The average age of, the, of a car in the United States now, on the road, according to what he just said, is that true? 12 years old. 12. Holy smokes. It is strange what has happened with vehicle prices, including used vehicle prices during the pandemic when they couldn't get chips, computer chips, to finish the manufacturing process for new vehicles. There was a huge shortage of new vehicles to go to dealerships. That drove prices through the roof and for new, new vehicles, of course, and used vehicle prices also went through the roof. They've come down, but I can tell you, I have an old, an old Volkswagen that I drive around that I fixed up myself, got it for next to nothing, put the labor in myself, and I, I drive that old Volkswagen Golf around. But I got it for like nearly nothing, right? And it has probably tripled in value. That's the only used car, old clunker I've ever bought that tripled in value <laughs> if I sold it today with more miles on it, more wear and tear, and it's older. Now, I fixed a lot of things on it, but still, I could get three times what I pay, what I have wrapped up in it. Three times. I'm not going to sell it. I need it <laughs> for the odd time when I do go out. But my goodness. Wow. It, everything has just gone crazy. And he's right, the prices of these electric vehicles, crazy expensive. And repairing them down the road. You know, the battery in an in a electric vehicle today, if maintained properly, has a life expectancy of about 10 years. The average age of a car on the road in the United States now, 12 years, gasoline-powered vehicles. And the electrics are only going to last maybe 10. That means a lot of them won't get that far. It's, it, for a lot of people on, in, in the lower income brackets, they're not going to be able to afford to drive a car. He's quite right. This is... Uh, this is a huge social shift that is coming, that's upon us. That's why there's so much unrest in the world. It's a gigantic, it's a seismic social shift. 
during the Industrial Revolution, when Henry Ford came out with the Model T, when the Volkswagen Beetle was introduced as the people's car, when the world was put on wheels, when people were singing, see the USA in your Chevrolet. Well, that's when we got the suburbs and prosperity and jobs and an industrial economic boom and the steel industry. fortified the spine of Western society. Well, now, you know, things are a lot different. And uh, the shopping malls in the suburbs, the retail industry, the way it used to be with all of the part-time jobs for students and just the way the whole economy works drive-in movie theaters, all that stuff. Well, it isn't what it used to be, is it? That's because the car, the automobile, roads transformed our society, the way we live. Technological innovation, industrialization. Now we're going through a whole new economic revolution whether we like it or not. Digitization, artificial intelligence, information-based economy, maybe even an information-based transhuman reality. A fake reality, a construct. Jacked in without actually being jacked in. Still existing in the real world. Believing that we're someplace else. Or at least we're immersed in an alternative reality. Constructed entirely out of propaganda. Advertising, marketing, government psychological manipulation. Some of us, I think, folks, are there already. And if we're not there, at a minimum, we're being manipulated in the most sophisticated way possible in order to manufacture consent, not just for wars, but for the adoption of the electrification of an auto industry, which will transform our entire way of life. That's one of the reasons... I've always loved practicing automotive journalism. It isn't just about the car. It's about the impact that car has on our lives. The way we make a living, the way we live. About the economy. Economics. Oh, that's so boring. Is it? No, I don't think so. You live the economic reality every day. Wars are fought over it. It's being fought right now. Make no mistake, that's largely what these 
conflicts in Ukraine and Israel are about. Oh yeah, it's about religion and all of that history too, but really it's about the moolah. Not just the moolah for the elites, the moolah for you and for me. The way we live. Who's going to have it? Who's not going to have it? Competition. Oh, they can blame things on capitalism, but there's nobody more capitalistic than a government of any stripe because they can't escape the realities of a free market. Not really, because ultimately, when it's nation to nation, when it's nation state to nation state, well, they're dealing with economic issues, trade. They're just making trade deals. They're trading commodities, weapons, <laughs> buying and selling on the open market, the free market, the free international market. Can't escape it one way or another. Oh, they manipulate things on the home front, but I digress. You know who else is like laser focused on the economy? Pierre Poiliev. Yeah, Conservative Party leader, CPC, Conservative Party of Canada. He has released this, uh, this video, which I found very interesting because he's, he addresses a number of issues in this video where he's eating an apple okay uh he has a, a a real way of kind of bringing information to people in a, in a down-to-earth way and in this video he's being challenged by this guy i think he's a farmer i'm not sure um, i haven't watched the whole thing but i watched enough of it that I, this is something i want to share with you he he's being challenged not just on economic issues but on his political ideology, uh, whether he's far right or not, and uh, whether he's, you know, trying to uh, solicit support from the far right. Well, I want you to see what he does here. He's, he's a very skilled politician. Smart guy is really what I want to say. He's smart and wise enough not to fall into this trap. And uh, you're going to see more people, more journalists come after him and try to trip him up on this issue where they are going to try to attach him to groups, freedom groups, any, any group that they, they, they can try to characterize as far-right, alt-right, white supremacist, whatever. You're going to see more and more of it, but he's, he has so far been very effective in deflecting this stuff, throwing it right back in, into, into the questioner's face. Let me just show you what I'm talking about. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant what he does here, and that's why I think he's posted this on social media. Uh, because let's just, you know, it's like when someone is trying to make you look bad and they fail, just throw it right out there. Let the public see it for what it is and how it's happening. Here he is, Pierre Polyev, leader of the Conservative um, Party. They struggle to actually find young people to, to do work, and of course housing is a problem and healthcare is a problem, as you was mentioned earlier. 
the hospital here gets closed quite frequently. Nothing to do with vaccinations, I don't believe. It's, it's a doctor issue. It's more a shortage of doctors. Um, so what do you do in the meantime? I mean, you've got lots of plans for, for building houses, etc. But in the sort of immediate spectrum, what, what do you do to... Great, a, uh, a, a Blue Seal test to quickly license uh, the 20,000 immigrant doctors we have in Canada. Um, many of them are prevented from ever working and they give up on getting a job as a doctor and they end up taking low-wage work for the rest of their lives. Um, I'm, I'm proposing a simple Blue Seal testing standard that would apply right across Canada, take the test, get the license, get to work within 60 days. Okay, and I mean that obviously you're going to encounter some opposition from the College of, of uh, Medicine, etc. across the provinces. Yeah, that's so how do, how do you deal with that issue? We push forward. But there's not, easy street leads to a dead end. Um, the best uh, hard roads lead to the best destinations. We're not going to, we're no longer going to accept that this or that gatekeeping bureaucracy stands in the way of obvious common sense solutions. Um, the, it is unacceptable that 20,000 doctors can't work in Canada when we have a massive shortage. And when people come to me and say, yeah, but this or that clerk or bureaucracy is not going to be happy, that's life. Right. There's going to be a lot of vested interests and in bureaucracies that are going to be very unhappy when I'm Prime Minister. Okay. Um, on, the, on the topic, I mean, in terms of your sort of strategy currently, you're obviously taking the populist uh, pathway. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> well, ap appealing appealing to people's uh, more emotional levels, I would guess. Um, I mean, what certainly, you mean certainly, you, me certainly you tap, certainly you tap uh, very strong ideological language quite frequently. Like what? Uh, left wing, you know, this and that. Right wing, they, you know. I mean, it's that that type I of ideological thing. I never really talk about left but or right. Anyways, a lot I of people don't really believe in that. Okay, a lot of people would would say that you're simply taking a page out of the. Donald Trump uh, well, like which people would say that well I'm sure a great many Canadians but like who <laughs> I don't know who but well you're um, the one who asked the question so yeah. you must know somebody <laughs> okay I'm, I'm sure there's some out there but anyways the, the point say. of this the point of this question is I mean why should why should Canadians trust you with their vote given you know not not just the sort of ideological inclination in terms of taking the page of Donald Trump's book, but what are you also talking about? What page? What page? Can you give okay. me a page? Give me the page. You keep <laughs> in, saying in terms that. in terms of tur turning things quite dramatically in terms of of Trudeau and and the left wing and all of this. I mean, you 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 make quite a you know it's it's quite a play that you make on it. So I'm I'm not just sure. I don't under, I don't know what your question okay. is. Okay, then forget that. Why should Canadians trust you with their vote? Common sense. Okay. common sense for for a change we're going to make common sense common in this country we don't have any common sense in the current government you know the guy prints 600 billion dollars grows our money supply by 32 percent in three years that's growing the money eight times faster than the economy no wonder we have the worst inflation in four decades i'm going to cap spending cut waste so that we can balance the budget and bring down inflation and interest rates. You'll want to be able to pay your mortgage again. You want to be able to afford rent. Then you have to vote for Pierre Polyev because I'm the only one with a common sense plan 
that will bring back the buying power of your paycheck. Um, second, I'm going to make work pay. Right now we punish work. You know, they're, always, they're asking why doesn't anybody want to work? Because work doesn't pay. Why would you work when you get punished for working? Our country now punishes work. You make it, Trudeau takes it. I'm going to cut taxes so people bring home more of each dollar they earn. Housing. We have the fewest houses per capita in the G7. Why? Too much bureaucracy. We have the land. We have more land than any other country in the G7. Yet why, why do we have the fewest houses per capita? Because you can't get anything built. I'm going to require cities boost home building by 15% per year. Or they're going to lose federal money. But those that beat my target will get a bonus. So we reward good behavior and punish bad. That's common sense too. We're also going to bring home safe streets. People are going to feel safe in Kelowna. Kelowna is the worst crime in all of Canada after eight years of Trudeau and Singh. And I'm going to get rid of their, I'm going to bring in jail and not bail for repeat violent offenders, treatment and not decriminalize crack to bring our loved ones home drug free. And we're going to secure the borders to keep illegal guns out while protecting the rights of lawful, licensed hunters and sport shooters. Going back to the, the drug issue, are you <clears throat> looking at to put any money into treatment? Because that's obviously yes. one of the big things identified. Absolutely. And that's a great idea. It's the only way out. Treatment is the answer. We need to bring people into beautiful treatment facilities. Uh, you know, I think of uh, one facility I visited in uh, Winnipeg uh, recently, uh, where the father of a, a young man who died of an overdose has created a beautiful facility where they, 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 they separate the addicts from their addiction, counseling, yoga, sweat lodges for First Nations, um, a fitness program, a job uh, placement after they leave and they're building housing right attached to the facility so that when they graduate we don't just throw them back out on the street, we put them in supportive housing where they can come back, get some exercise in the gym, see a counselor and, and mentor incoming addicts so that they can have a nice smooth runway to lift off again into a drug-free life. This is obviously going to cost quite a bit and there's <clears throat> staffing yeah. issues involved in this presumably. Yes. So my plan on that is I have a dollar for dollar principle. Every new dollar I spend will have to be matched with a dollar of savings. So I'm going to cut the money the Trudeau government is spending on giving out um, high-powered opioids. Uh, they call it safe supply. It's now clear that it's just being diverted and sold to kids to profit drug dealers and pay for fentanyl. Um, since that this experiment began uh, in BC, we've seen a 300% increase in drug overdose deaths and uh, and 30,000 have dead, died nationwide. I'm going to get rid of that program, put the money into treatment, not new drug handouts. I'm going to stop funding activists and bureaucracies and put it into frontline treatment. And finally, I'm going to sue the big pharma, the corrupt pharmaceutical companies who caused the crisis in the first place by flooding the market with OxyContin, which ultimately caused the people to become addicted right across North America. The Americans have now recovered $54 billion. We've covered almost nothing in Canada, so I want to recover those billions and put that money into treatment. Okay, and just going back to, to uh, cutting taxes and, and whatnot, where, I mean, where would you sort of, do you have any targets already in terms of where, where you would make, make cuts? Defund the CBC, save a billion dollars, get rid of the ArriveCan app, reduce the monstrous co contracting out, stop sending our money to foreign dictators, to terrorists, and to international bureaucracies that waste it on themselves.
and bring that money home. We're also going to cap spending so the government doesn't grow and we're going to use the savings uh, to lower the debt and the taxes. And who are the dictators and terrorists that Canada is currently giving money to? Well, President Xi in China gave a quarter billion dollars to the Asian Infrastructure Bank, which is building pipelines that we don't allow to be built here. In, he's building them in Asia, bridges, other Asian projects that are designed to reestablish the ancient Silk Route of the Chinese Empire. Uh, why would we pay to, to, to establish some kind of imperial uh, uh, silk dynasty uh, with Canadian tax dollars for a for communist dictatorship? It's insane. Um, so we want to stop uh, these kinds of giveaways and uh, bring the money home to our own country and our people. So I'm guessing with you as Prime Minister, relations with China would be a bit rockier than they are currently? Well, I think they're very rocky right now. It's just that the they're the ones, uh, the, the, the dictatorship in Beijing is the one in charge. They're basically <clears throat> dominating our prime minister and uh, exercising influence against our country. Uh, I'm going to stand up for Canada because this is our country and our home. Interesting. I'm reading the chat. I'm reading the chat. <laughs> yeah, people don't trust him. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, everyone's going to make up their own mind. He's way ahead in the polls. We do know that. Gene is saying, what about the PPC? Well, we'll have a lot to say about the PPC in the days, weeks, and months ahead. I'll have a lot to say about the PPC. A lot. A lot. Always going to be fair. count on that anyway they're all all the leaders are welcome to come on here and talk to me if they want to and I'll keep bringing you the info <laughs> what's this Ron says I'm voting liberal it will be my first time voting really you are one brave soul Ron I <laughs> You're over here on this channel. I, you have got, well, we actually, we have had a growing number of Democrats on the U.S. side joining the program on the call-in portion and so on. But I'll tell you, you are a brave man. <laughs> With the people here, so many people hate Trudeau so much um, in our audience. I take my hat off to you. Not that I have a hat. Actually, I do. I wear it on occasion when it's raining. But... <laughs> oh my goodness okay guys don't get mad at ron we, we want ron to stay ron's a brave guy and we need brave people <laughs> we need brave people <laughs> he, 
I don't know if you're serious or la I don't know if this is, but if you, one way or the other, you're a brave guy. Just even posting that here. That's okay. That is okay. You're welcome here no matter who you vote for, Ron. He says, yeah, he's 56. Are you, and you've never voted? You've never voted? <laughs> I think you're fibbing. I think maybe you're fibbing. Ron says he's Canadian. Good. Well, that helps when, when it comes time to cast a vote. Right. It helps if you're uh, if you have citizenship, helps get you on the voter voter list. <laughs> oh, he's going to vote liberal. That's funny. You might be. You know, <laughs> he says never. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> oh, my. You are brave, though. Just just throwing that out there. That's hilarious. Ah. Uh, Okay, don't go away. You made me smile, so I will come back. is watching the new world order government overreach the great reset mainstream media lies now more than ever independent voices are needed donate now at freedomreporters.com that's freedomreporters.com maverick news the antivirus program for your mind. Here I am. I have returned as promised. And I don't know if this is, I don't know why this is news, but I guess it's news. The reason I say I don't know why it's it, it it is, I guess it says that Miss Universe, the Miss Universe pageant will is going to feature two trans contestants for the first time. But I I'm sure that there's been a trans contestant before. I guess this is the first time they're going to have two. So that makes it news. Anyway, I'll show you. News is whatever the news organization that puts the information out there decides that it is. So CNN has decided this is news. And there it is. And there's that uh, Miss Nederland 2023. Um, that was Ricky 
Cole, I guess. I can't remember. I don't know if I'm saying the name right. I remember the story about this. Um, and, and, and Ricky became the first trans woman to win Miss Netherlands in July and will now be joined at November's Miss Universe competition by Portuguese beauty queen Marina Machete. Machete? Machete? I don't know. Sounds kind of violent to me. Marina Machete. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so this year's Miss Universe pageant will feature at least two trans women for the first time after 23-year-old flight attendant Marina Machete. Oh, so I'll go with that. I'm, I don't watch a lot of beauty pageants. Because um, I just don't. So I don't, I'm not familiar with these names. Forgive me if I'm getting the names pronounced incorrectly. I'm just not a beauty pageant aficionado. Although I should say I, I have done some fashion photography and uh, I have, you know, done some pageant stuff, but I just, not my, not my world. Okay. Anyway, Machete will compete for the crown of the 72nd Miss Universe competition in El Salvador this November alongside Ricky Cole, who in July became the first transgender winner of Miss Netherlands. And so here's this, there's a video posted to the Portuguese Pageants YouTube channel ahead of the contest. And Machete spoke about trans rights as part of her platform describing rising levels of transphobia and intolerance worldwide as alarming. She added that it was heartwarming to see the Miss Universe organization, which changed its rules to allow trans contestants in 2012, being inclusive and breaking boundaries. So I have that video here, I think. And here's, uh, yeah, here's the first trans contestant for Miss Universe. It was uh, Angela Ponce, Pont, Pont, Ponce, Ponce. Why do they have these names that I can't pronounce? Probably because they come from all over the world and they all speak different languages. Ponche. Anyway, so here's a picture of uh, Angela in Madrid, Spain last year. Became Miss Universe's first trans contestant in 2018. But this year they'll have two. So I guess that's why it is news. Um, here's the video of... Marina Machete. Hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly. So I'm, I apologize, Marina, if I'm getting your name wrong. Um, here we go. Let's listen to what Marina has to say. Hello, my name is Marina. I'm 28 years old. I'm from Lisbon, and I'm a candidate in Miss Universe Portugal 2023. As a person, I really enjoy making people laugh and being around those that make me happy, that are supportive and that transmit a good energy. I love spending time in nature, hiking and especially being around animals as they have been the beings that throughout my life, no matter what stage I was in, have showed me the most kindness. My parents currently have eight cats and one dog and I really miss them when I have to go to work. Animals' rights and their protection is one of my focal points nowhere, nowhere, no matter where I am in the world. 
I've been a flight attendant for five years and it has been a life-changing experience, expanding not just literally my horizons, but as well alerted me for the way other cultures deal with trans people all around the world. As a trans woman, I've been through many obstacles along the way, but fortunately, and especially with my family, love proved to be stronger than ignorance. Fortunately, this is a big issue we are seeing in our society lately. Rising levels of transphobia and intolerance are alarming worldwide. It's very heartwarming to see that the Miss Universe organization is so inclusive, breaking boundaries and creating a platform for women, not only to empower them, but as well to create real changes in their own communities. I've been involved in many social projects in Portugal since I was a teenager. At the time, I felt like I had to fight for my rights and to vindicate for the young child that once was afraid to be herself. School was not so easy. There was a lot of bullying. But now being on the other side, I see that the only way to deal with these issues is through education. What I'm fighting for and what I'm putting my energy towards is that hopefully the next generations learn kindness, acceptance, and especially that the diversity of us as human beings is beautiful. Interesting. Wow. I'll tell you, um, to me, that Marina just looks like a woman. Very attractive, actually. I have to, I have to admit great facial just beautiful face but amazing well spoken i don't know how i i i i have to say i don't like the idea of biological men competing with women and blah blah blah, blah, blah. i don't like the blurring of it because i'm not sure it's fair to women especially in sports but um yeah, at the same time. I don't know, man. Boy George, 1980s, gender bender, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, how about I just stay over here? You guys can figure it out. I don't think I want to get involved. Okay? Uh, just... I'm so confused. The New World Order Government Overreach The Great Reset Mainstream Media Lies Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now, at FreedomReporters.com That's FreedomReporters.com Maverick News The Antivirus Program For Your Mind Oh, RFK Jr.'s campaign manager quit. Yeah, Dennis Kucinich packed it in. Um, and yeah, there was a, there was some there is some media attention being focused on it, 
not good. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It's not good. Here's here's a story from uh, MSN. Here, I'll show you what they're saying. And uh, I believe it all centers around disagreement over the Is Israel-Hamas war. And, you know, RFK Jr. came out and said that he would support Israel. And that has caused a lot of, a lot of tension, man, I'm telling you. And there it is right in his own, own campaign team. Campaign manager leaves. Um, and this, of course, coming, as it says here in the headline, Kucinich left days after Kennedy left the Democratic Party to run as an independent, but I don't think that's what it's about. <clears throat> nope. So former, former um, Representative Dennis Kucinich has quit his post as campaign manager for independent presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr., according to a staff memo obtained Friday by the New York Times. I have a copy of it. Thank you to Lori for sending that over this morning. Kucinich left in the same week Kennedy announced he would be leaving the Democratic Party and running as an independent. Kucinich introduced the candidate at the rally where he announced the change in his bid. Kucinich had served as Kennedy's campaign manager since the latter formally declared his candidacy in April. While confirming he was leaving, Kucinich told the Times he would not discuss any internal communications of the campaign. A campaign spokeswoman told the paper, that the campaign manager leaving was all news to her. But I've spoken to a bunch of people about it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't say for sure what the reasoning might be because I haven't spoken to Mr. Kucinich or Mr. Kennedy. But you can draw your own conclusions. I don't think it was about him deciding to run as an independent. But I've seen a lot of people who were supporting RFK Jr. saying, nope, that's it, can't do it, not anymore, because he came out and said what he said about Israel. And that issue is just so polarizing that you can see that it just sends shockwaves through everything, I would say, even through his, his own campaign team. It's emotional. And it's unfortunate, I would say, that this has happened. So here's the release. Let me uh, bring this up here. Okay, I'm just going to read it to you. It says, Today the Kennedy campaign announced a new campaign manager, Amaryllis Kennedy. Amaryllis, previously the Kennedy campaign's co-manager, will take, the, take on the role of campaign manager beginning today. The campaign benefited enormously from the political experience of Dennis Kucinich, Kucinich has been a moral center in American politics for more than five decades. This campaign would never have experienced tremendous success during the past six months, except for the leadership wisdom and experience he brought. We will continue to profit from his advice and judgment as we go forward. He is now handling, handing off the baton to the team he did so much to cultivate, headed now by my daughter-in-law, Amaryllis Kennedy. Kennedy continued. Amaryllis is a woman of extraordinary intelligence and drive, who I am confident will take this campaign to the next level. And then Amaryllis stated, I am thrilled to lead this historic people-powered movement to reclaim the American dream on behalf of all of our citizens. 
formerly founder and CEO of natural language processing startup Mulu and head of product for Twitter's consumer commerce division. Amaryllis brings immense experience growing and optimizing dynamic teams, leveraging cutting-edge digital engagement and building energized communities at scale. Amaryllis holds a law degree from Oxford University and a master's degree in international security from Georgetown University School of Foreign Service. Prior to her work in technology, Amaryllis spent a decade working on counter-proliferation efforts on behalf of the United States government. Counter-proliferation efforts. That sounds like government doublespeak for some sort of secret super spy stuff. She has written two books about the pitfalls of the forever wars and produced and presented the Netflix documentary Business of Drugs, detailing the militarism and corruption driving America's failed war on drugs. Over the last year, Amaryllis has launched and managed many of the campaign's front-facing initiatives, working closely with Kennedy, Kucinich, campaign leadership, national staff, and volunteers. So there is the new campaign manager for the RFK Jr. political campaign. What time is this? 10 to 8. Eastern time. And what day is it today? I have to check all the time. I can't keep my days straight. October 14th. Holy smokes, the month is half over. Already, I feel like it's still the beginning of the month. Wow. So, a big change, shake up. Better now, early than later, I would say, for that to happen to RFK Jr. Yeah. And what else can I tell you? That's kind of where we're at tonight. Now, you know, tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Lori will be here with Strange Bedfellows, her online podcast. And I will be joining her for a discussion with, let me, uh, with a lawyer. In fact, you know what? I'm going to show you the uh, the thumbnail for that. Hang on a second here. Well, anyway, hang on. Just because I want to... It looks like it's going to be a good one because this is a lawyer who has sued the DNC and a bunch of other political groups and stuff. And it's... Um, when Laurie told me this was going to be the guest this week on her show... I responded, and I said, well, anybody who's suing everybody must be on the right side, <laughs> right? Got to be, just got to be. So let's take a look here at the, uh, the thumbnail for tonight's Strange Bedfellows Bot broadcast at 9 p.m. I think it's going to be an interesting show. Here it is here. With Laurie Spencer and Rick Walker, Strange Bedfellows, Elizabeth Beck. That's the lawyer's name. Fearless attorney who sued Trump, the DNC, and Elon Musk. Well, I'm a fan already then. <laughs> I'm a fan already. 9 p.m. 
right here on the Maverick News Channel and on Lori's channels too and on channels all over the world. Okay, so coming up at 8 o'clock, and uh, what I'm going to do is we're going to take a couple of phone calls. I'll open up the phone lines, and, uh, and we can get you guys engaged in the conversation before we get ready to go over to that other program with Lori. Okay, so let me run this, this transition, this promo, this uh, little entertaining video. And I'll be right back on the other side, and you guys can join the conversation. We are Mavericks. We say no to the Trudeau and Biden New World Order. And to bugs. Because bugs are creepy and gross. And people should not eat bugs. Maverick News. The world is watching. Hey, no! Come Okay, ladies and germs, which is what we used to say when I was a kid all the time. Not when I was a kid all the time. When I was a kid, we used to say that all the time. You can call and join the conversation right now at 1-833-975-3733. 1-833-975-FREE. It's a free call. It is. Won't cost you anything. Just costs me money. And if you want to help fund the phone lines, which we pay for by the minute and by subscription and for the phone line itself, the toll-free line and blah, 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 you can support the show by donating at freedomreporters.com. Or you can also donate at maverickdonations.com. But most people seem to prefer to go to freedomreporters.com. To do that, you can also donate in the uh, chat the, with a Rumble rant on the Rumble channel. Please like, share, subscribe. You know how to do all that stuff. Ring the notification bell on YouTube if you subscribe over there. Um, just support us by doing that. That doesn't cost anything. That just helps spread the word by pushing us up in the algorithm. 
in the search engines, which is really important because, you know, the government is trying to push us down so they can push the mainstream media up and keep us down. But we're going to keep on coming up because you guys are here to support us. Freedomreporters.com. That's how you can do it. It drives Justin Trudeau absolutely crazy every time you help us with a donation. So, help us drive Justin Trudeau crazy. Uh, again, the number to call. I'll put it up on the screen here one more time. one 3733 And I will run this information video, informational video, so you know how to call in and join the show tonight. Join the conversation. Call 1-833-975-3733. That's 1-833-975-FREE. Speak up. Speak out. Make your voice heard. Maverick News. Fighting for freedom by defending your right to free speech. Be a Maverick. Join us. Again, 1-833-975-3733. We are ready to start taking our first calls of the night. And who do we have on the line? Go ahead. Good evening, Sir Maverick. How are you tonight? I am fine, Chris. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, I got your, I got your card. Welcome. I got oh. your envelope. Oh, oh. Thank you. Oh, did you? Okay. Oh, You're yeah. welcome. Thank you so much. For the donation and you're welcome I would most, have... oh thank you thank you for the card i really liked all the things you wrote. oh you're welcome yeah it's nice yeah well i was hoping you'd get that before thanksgiving but you know our the mail seems to be getting slower i mean really it shouldn't take that long to get from alberta to ontario <laughs> it's crazy how slow the mail can be yeah yeah just <laughs> <laughs> anyways but i'm glad you got it and you're welcome because i did hear you thank me last night on the show so yeah um, I won't run on too much tonight because I know you got that other show at nine here. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say that I did send you um, something on uh, through Facebook Messenger that if you get a chance, you might want to watch that video. Okay. I think you'll you'll be. Uh, it, it's got to do with what's going on in Ottawa, but it's huh. lots of things have changed, and there's letters that are written in this video that you might want to read. So you might want to pause it at certain points. Is this like, well, is like, yeah, like, is it like super crazy. important stuff or is it like? Well, well, it's on, it, it, it was posted to YouTube okay. three, three days ago right. and it's got to do with, with the camp and what they're planning on doing, but they've also changed the name. It, it remember how it was hashtag save the children. Yeah. Well, it's now hashtag shape, hashtag save Canada. Nothing to do with children. Okay. 
So when you go in and you watch this video, you'll see some letters that'll come up. And as you're reading it, you just have to pause because, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 interesting. <laughs> I'll look at it. And all I heard okay. was there was, and all I heard was there was convoys heading to Ottawa. But they're just going for like the night. I yeah. mean, most people yeah. just go for weekend stuff, like they, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah, you know, I know there's some people going stuff. up there and they're <laughs> going for dinner tonight or something. You know, which is cool. Yeah, that's, that's like cool. like I'm sorry, but yeah. like people just can't quit their you know like fifty, sixty, seventy hour hour jobs just to quit and go and live in a campground in a field. But anyways, yeah. anyways, I encourage you to watch that. Okay. Um, I did want to say I love your new when you do your breaks. Oh. I love your new video that you have up there. Oh, you like that one? Yeah. Oh, I think that is so cool. Yeah, but, but I really like that one. It's really it's really cool how you got that one, yeah. like I'm, all the stuff in it. I'm going to make some other new ones, too. It's it's time to kind of, I think, refresh the channel a little bit and, uh, yeah, yeah, just, just shift, shift things a little bit, you know, tweak it. Yeah, yeah some shift gears a little bit. That's yeah. a great idea. It's time. Yeah, it's, it's uh, time. I don't know what your weather's like down there, but it's freaking cold out here. We have our yeah. furnaces on. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's rainy cold. and crappy here for the last three, four it's days. Cold. It's going to be crappy until the middle of the week oh. next week, yeah. Oh, wow. Like you said, it's October the 15th tomorrow already. Like, it just seems like the kids just went back to school. And here we are in the middle of October. Isn't that bizarre? I know. I, fast I, I, time's I, going? I just looked at the dates. <laughs> like, October 14th, like the month's half gone. I know. I know. It's like other we're getting we're so consumed in everything every day and time's just flying by. I just don't know what it is, but I wish yeah. it kinda of would slow down. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. As we're getting older we'd like it to slow down a little bit. <laughs> oh, did you see that that call that call that we had yesterday with that lady from uh, Macklin, Saskatchewan and the Bunnock <laughs> thing? Did you see that? Yeah. I'm you know yeah. what? Yeah. I don't think I'm going to do it tonight, but I've 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 taken it upon myself to learn a little bit about the bunnock thing, and so I'm yeah, going to talk, I'm really going to talk about it another night. I thought that was a great call. Yeah. That made that just made well, my know, day. And you know, we have a game out here that people play, and I and I think it's almost the same thing. They they have bones. I mean, they're not human bones, but they're bones, and it's kind of like it's kind of like remember like yeah toss the beanbag toss and all that kind of thing yeah. well it, this is what they do with bones you buy a bag of plastic bones it's kind of bizarre but okay. <laughs> but what i was going to tell you but every place every small town in alberta also has its own big statues so like in Mondaire, alberta where my son used to live they have a giant sausage <laughs> because it's a ukrainian town and they make sausages yeah. So it's a massive. Another town I lived in, they have a massive oil lamp, and it's lit up at night, and it illuminates yeah. over the town. Yeah. And then, then, then there's another town. Uh, I think it's called Vulcan that has this, the the uh, spaceship from Star Trek, and that that's, that's their right. main big that's thing. Right. So yeah. every town, yeah, every town has all these little tiny towns have their own little statues. So it's really cool when you drive around and you get to a town and you go, well, isn't that interesting? Some things you have no idea what it is. You're going, what is that? Like that, what you showed last night. It's like, I kept looking at that. Like, what is that? 
So, yeah, yeah, that's like was, uh, I, yeah, I was I was traveling and I and I went to where the heck was it? The world's largest chair. Where the <laughs> heck was that? Was that in Alabama? Oh, I have to It's in. Uh, let me just look it up here. Yeah, I think it's in Alabama. It's thirty-three feet tall. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, I've been there. I've done. I took pictures of it. I'll just show you here on YouTube. Uh, you know, maybe a little off track, but what the heck? It's the world's largest chair, and who doesn't who doesn't want to see the world's largest chair? I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah, because I was driving down. I went on a. I got to travel a bit of Route 66 one time, a few years ago. Oh, right on. Yeah, and uh, um, there it is, the world's largest chair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can you imagine how little you'd be sitting in that? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, like I it's can, funny because I've been there. Like it's, it's, it's like every little every little town or every little place, not not so much the big cities, but all the smaller towns have that's something nice. that they're they're notified for. Like the town is recognized for, right? And yeah. so that'll be the statue. Yeah, that's not the chair that I saw though. So some, there's something going on with oh. this world record. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I have to check this out and make maybe when I was there they still had the record, but it looks like maybe some other place has it now. I think this is the one that I saw. Oh. Well, you know, I have a Guinness Book of World's Record, and I'm I'm actually going to bring that out tonight. I'm actually going to go through it. Just I'll actually look for that chair and see if I can see it in in the book I got. That's kind of cool. I'd have to get. It looks like a lot of people are fake. They're all they're all claiming to have the book at their these are all the world's largest chair. I got scammed, man. I drove off the highway to go find this small town when I was look at all these fakers. This is disinformation. I'll tell you, get yep. Joe Biden and his and his uh his, yeah. his what is his super uh. secret service disinformation judge person on this, man. This is important stuff. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, now no I'm upset. <laughs> I was deceived. Well, you know, we, we even have a town here that has the, the world's smallest church. So literally, two people can go in it. That's it. <laughs> it's it's really? so tiny. And yet, yeah. And what? it's. I'll, I'll see if I can find you a link and I'll send you it. What, what, what yeah, town is that it's, in? It's, so tiny. It's, in the, it's in the Crow's Nest Pass. I don't Down think in so. Alberta. I I think it's in London, Ontario, nope. at Storybook Gardens. Oh, you have one there too. That, we have the smallest. You have one church. there. Is there one there too? Yeah. Now it's. It, it, no, I think this one's smaller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> everybody competes for everybody competes for something. <laughs> here it is. Here I'm going to bring I'm oh, no. a picture of the one in Storybook Gardens. Oh, no. I've been there. Okay. And it's in Springbank Park. It's a little. It's like a small amusement park kind of thing. It's not, it's not, you know, it's okay. just quaint. And here it is. Let me just bring it up for you. And it's a, and people have actually been married in it. It's been there all my whole life. They've been there my whole life. This, this little tiny church. One and a half. <laughs> Cause it's smaller than yours. <laughs> One, one guy has to have like, yeah, 
one one person has to just kind of go halfway in the door with like one leg and one arm outside. That's how small ours is. It's way smaller than yours. <laughs> oh man, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, up up just the road here, and a place called Wallaceburg. They have a they have like a goose, a Canada goose thing. Yeah, and um, what do we have here? In our town, I don't think we have one. We got we got to get one. I better call some people and get on that. I do. Yep, a CTV show, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. No. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then there's the Littlest Hobo TV show. That was very Canadian, too. Oh, hang on a second. Yeah, you know what? I lost you. I lost you. Hang on. I, I, I hate it when I do that. I hate it when I hate, hate, hate when I lose the caller on the show because I click on something to show somebody something and then bingo, bango, I've got the wrong thing up. And hang on just a moment. I hate it when I do that. It's so complicated to run these the phone system. Here we go. I'm going to bring you back now. So I, you know, that's why people think that I am crazy, because I just sit here <laughs> and I talk to myself. And they think, who is he talking to? <laughs> it's, like, it's in my head. I have voices in my head. Okay, well, you know, with everything going on in the world, that's not surprising. <laughs> no. I know. I'm so glad. Yeah, you it's like we're all, we're all going we're all we're all going crazy. But yeah, I just wanted to call just to you know thank you for acknowledging that last night on air, and then just to let you know that you to watch that video because you're going to find it very interesting because it made it to YouTube, which is really interesting. So that's is, is so that's on the uh, right. PM. That's on. So I sent you the link through the Facebook Messenger. So if you just click on it later when you go on Facebook, mm -hmm. you'll be able to watch the video. Cool. Okay. I'll take a look at yeah. that. I'll take a look at that. Yeah, I I think that'll be. I try to send you stuff that I think you'll be interested in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I I, I, like, I, I I'm aware. I'm, I'm aware there was sort of a convoy thing happening today, heading up that way. Uh, have you monitored or looked at any of that or watched any? Is it substantial um, in any way? Do you think? I haven't seen anything to do with the convoy. I did see one of your uh, ladies in the chat here, Susie, I think Susie Q. She had mentioned she had seen the convoy go by. I don't know where that is or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't. So I guess until Ron does another video, but I did hear um, he did do one earlier today. And I just briefly, I was on my way out, but I just listened to it for a second. So they were marching downtown Ottawa today, but there was a big Palestinian 
group on the hill. Mm -hmm. So they just kind of got away from that. And you could hear them chanting Mm -hmm. in the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was pretty massive on the hill, I guess, today. They just got out of there. But that's all I know. I've kind of been kind of busy today. So Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, I'll let you go because I know you got that show at 9 o'clock. And I'm going to go meet with my grandson tonight for a little bit. So I'm going to let you go. And you have a good evening. All right. Thank you, Chris. Talk to you soon. Okay, and my bye-bye. church is still smaller than yours. <laughs> okay, let's talk to Leo. There he is. You got the Ricky. You got the Ricky and Leo show. We're a spinoff of uh, Itchy and Scratchy. Uh, <laughs> let's see, Beefus and Butthead. Uh, what's Pinky the other and damn the brain. dynamic duel? Pinky Batman and the Brain. And Pinky and the Brain. Batman and Robin. You name it. Okay, they could go on that list. Every town has something that they claim is the biggest, but I do know Ottawa has the biggest dick, and he's running the Liberal Party, <laughs> and that's in Ottawa, oh, yeah. guaranteed. You couldn't resist, could you? No, I was just—I couldn't resist. And you know what, Rick? I was just in your town. I'm—I was just in your town. I was in Bothell, and I, I decided, you know what? I'm going to take Highway 21 back through, or uh, number two, sorry, and I went all the way through Chatham. And that town's really grown. I was looking for your Cascade Casino because if I would have passed it, I would have stopped and played some cards. But I didn't see it. It's not on the main drag. I don't know where it is. So I just kept going. And I listened to your show the whole time. And when you had the uh, the, the one guy uh, on the show, he was talking about, uh, show me the baby. Show me the headless babies. That's not right. Yeah. Classic. You know, and that's just, propaganda for you at its finest you know let's get the world worked up there's headless babies show me yeah, yeah. show me the grieving parents now i get, i know there's 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 young people that are being killed mm-hmm. especially right now yeah. okay but to, to to air that on the news you know i don't trust it believe me i don't trust anything that i hear anymore especially on the news you know, we've seen the, the I don't want to, we'll call it the vid. We've seen what happened with the vid in all the body bags that were lined out in New York City. And yep. It was a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, the aerial shots, okay. the mass graves in New York City. Right. Which, you know, it was like, uh, come on. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And it, it that, that saddens me because a lot of people buy into it, right? still buying into the mainstream media bullshit right yep. so i i don't know i don't know what to make of it uh, but like you said <laughs> when you have to wake up every day and question is this is this reality mm-hmm. or is this just a dream right i uh i think i i know the right for i i, I know my right to reality right and that's checking everything <laughs> don't make up your mind till you check even you know, when even then to, to you know, tomorrow like even when you're checking this stuff, like if you get one thing wrong, you could have 20 things wrong. It's, it's terrible. Right. Like, yes, like, don't get me wrong. Yesterday I said, I'm on the, uh, the Palestinian side. I'm not on his side or any of that crap. Okay. Yeah. The Palestinian people, let me clear that out. Okay. Yeah. But tomorrow I could be a switch hitter. I, I could be on the, the Israeli sides tomorrow. Yeah. All depends what unfolds today. Right. That's right. So, and you, you said 400,000 troops, Israeli troops. Well, we just see what happened in, uh, in Ukraine 
what 400,000 troops looks like. Yeah, they're all dead. And now they don't have any. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. They don't have any. They cleaned out their cancer wards and their HIV wards, put those guys in the front lines. Okay, uh, everybody's gone. You're not. It's funny how you, all of a sudden you're not even hearing about Ukraine anymore. Isn't it amazing? That war is done. Yeah. Yeah, it just stopped. Look over here. Yeah. Not over there. Look over here. And it's it's funny how Russia wants Russia wants to play a part in 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 a, in a peace deal, and they're denying them. Mm. They won't let them sit at the table. I'll tell you this though. You know, I'll tell you this. History has proven that in a situation like this, <laughs> I, I wouldn't take the offer to broker a peace deal at face value either. You think back to what Stalin did. He sat back and let uh, you know the Germans fight with other countries for a while to kind of let them <clears throat> wear themselves down before, before, uh, you know, he was engaged fully with, with Germany. So, um, there's some strategy in some of that too. I never take anything that any government takes at face value. There's always strategy in what they say. Yeah, well, now, now I'm questioning a lot of things. Okay. Especially with history. Okay. The, before you had nobody, you had no mainstream, uh, or uh, no social media back in nineteen in, in World War Two period. Yeah. There was none. So you took you took your government at face value when they said there was millions of people getting gassed in in, uh, in Germany. Did it happen? I don't know. Was was it a, a, a propaganda machine to get the war going? Are the Jews Nazis? I don't know. I don't know. That's what some people are right <laughs> now today trying to tell us is that the Jews. In Israel, are Nazis. Well, who when you hear what thought? the Jews are saying, well, who would have thought that the, the Jews would be using language that they are using in this conflict, yep. and that's to go in and get them, get them like little rats, okay? Yep. Get in the tunnels and, 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 and kill them like little rats because they're, they're not human. Right. That's the same language, supposedly Hitler. Now, I'm going to say supposedly because I don't know if it was true or not. Uh, that's what the government said. So we believe what the government says. This is the same language Hitler used, apparently. That's why right, I so. have gone back to find actual speeches from some of these dictators of the past to find out what they've said in their own words. Right. I, I don't think there's any place. any. I don't think there's any filmage of uh, of Adolf Hitler saying "kill the Jews." Gas the Jews, none of that crap. Well, I've never heard it. We're in dangerous territory no. here. So, oh, we are. We are <laughs> very dangerous. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, so, it's more dangerous today than it was in in nineteen seventy two, where they took uh, that was the last major loss with the Israel uh, Israel mm-hmm. Israel right that they had. Was nineteen seventy two. So when you hear people say, "Oh, this is the biggest loss since World War II. Well, let me well, state unequivocally. Okay, let me state unequivocally that I am certain that the Holocaust was a real thing. I'm not. I'm not I'm, down that road at all. I'm, I'm questioning. I'm questioning a lot of things. But <laughs> I question. I am. A lot I'm of questioning things. a lot of things. I do too. Right. Absolutely. So I'm not denying it. I'm not denying it. I'm just questioning it. What I'm you know, saying. The, you know what the, I'm the, saying the, though is I'm saying that. I think a lot of armies, a lot of governments are guilty of very much the same damn thing. And I think you just witnessed it mm-hmm. over the past week. Atrocities just like that. 
when people, when civilians are slaughtered, as we've seen on both sides, those are those are war crimes. It's plain and simple. So, what? How do you want to define what a Nazi is? The Nazi is like in our minds a cliche, and it's the worst of 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 the worst war criminals, right? Because why? Because they do mm-hmm. things just like what we saw both sides do this past week. So what is a Nazi? Well, you define it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm questioning a lot of, I'm questioning a lot of things today. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the it's like, oh, but they media. killed them this way and those guys killed them that way. And well, which is, which way is worse? You know, at the end of the day, they're all dead. Dead. Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. When you, you you said that the kill uh, or the uh, his bowl or whoever it was have one hundred and fifty thousand missiles or rockets, mm-hmm. one hundred fifty thousand rockets. Yeah. And make no mistake, you know the the images that we've been fed over the years um, on on the Palestinian side. You know, as I'm sitting here spinning that in my head, I'm like, yeah, I mean that's all propaganda too. And that's why they're portrayed as victims right. and the underdogs. And they just all they're armed with is rocks because you always had those images on the news mm-hmm. of them throwing rocks. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what's in everybody's head. So they're helpless. No, you know what? I just well, I, they're, they're firing missiles, thousands of them, of over 4000 so far. Those are not rocks. So now they evolved. <laughs> no kidding. And they, they got help. They evolved obviously. from rocks to they got they got a lot of help. They got a lot of help from uh, from the Biden administration uh, a couple weeks ago, with the six billion or whatever it was that went to Iran. Actually, they didn't. They release got a lot that of help. Money. They didn't release that money. Apparently, it's still still locked up. Well, I don't but believe nevertheless, that. Nevertheless, nevertheless, they they you know they're sending money all over the place, and the Trudeau government has just been called out over the past day for you know funneling money to NGOs, which then goes to the to the terrorists through a back door to Hamas. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is right. kind, of the, kind of the kind of crap that goes on. It is. And you know what? The faster he gets out, the better off we're going to be in Canada. I, You know what? I really like what Pierre is saying. He's saying all the right things. Well, I'll tell you this, though, Leo. Yeah, if I, they make a big statue of Trudeau, and, and even if it is just a giant phallus and put that out, you know, at the entrance to to Ottawa on the highway, um, I, I think I'm going to have to leave the country. I just, I hope not. I hope they don't have the world's largest freestanding dick. To yeah, well, they have to do a, I'll have to do a live video of me taking a big shit on it. Oh, goodness. Oh, my. Okay. That's, yeah. That's what's going to happen there. <laughs> so they could can't, they could cancel all they want. You know, in, in the, we're in this culture now where, oh, you know, you don't, man, pick sides. Yeah. When the government tells you to pick sides, we have a problem. Yeah. Right? And, and in France and everywhere else, man, the, uh, I'm just so glad. And, you know, I was at my brother-in-law's in, in, in Bothell, actually, uh, about an hour and a half ago, two hours ago, and we were talking about it. And he said, he, he read something that made a lot of sense. 10%, and I'm talking to everybody in here that's on Rumble and all all platforms we're lucky and he's telling me you just be grateful that you have a roof over your head and food on your okay in your fridge and in your stomach because mm-hmm. only 10 percent of the world have that 10 percent 
that are, that are living decent. So we're part of that 10% of the world is North America, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, exactly right. So I mean, and that's why Leo, I sit here and I question people who say that they want to tear it all down. And I'm like, well, okay, but what's on the other side? We need to be very careful because what we have here is exceptional. We are so lucky, even though our government has abused us so much in the past few years in particular, and for a period of time prior, but you know, even though we've got a bad government right now, I say we need to be very careful about, about ripping it all apart without knowing exactly what we are, need, what we're gonna replace it with, because we are so fortunate even now, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, even though people are starting to lose their shit, okay, we're not a third world country, not yet, right? And we're not going to be a third world country in the next 24 months. I can guarantee you on that one. So, you know, bite your tongue as as hard as you can, but I think they're going to call for an election soon because I'm seeing a lot of shit with the uh, NDP. They're not happy. Mm -hmm. They're sliding. Yeah, they're sliding down, so yeah. uh, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Put your pressure on those guys. I Do your you, protests at their offices. I think you just kind of hit on something there. That's they they've been not, they don't get that much attention. They don't get that much pressure, but they're the key to everything, really, because they're the ones propping mm-hmm. up Trudeau and the liberals in this minority government. If they don't support Trudeau anymore. Then he's vulnerable, and we can we can get an election. The NDP are the key to the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Right now, they are the key to the whole thing. I think Rosemary said something in the chat that I read that in Hamilton they were doing their uh, NDP whatever it is convention thing. Yep, that's right. And it had to get halted. It, it got halted today because of the uh, the protests. Oh yes, that's right. Yep. So there, that's the pressure I'm talking about. Yep. Okay. Put put pressure on their conventions, put pressure on their, on the MPPs or on the MPs. Yeah. That's how you're going to make the change. You're not going to do it at the riverfront or in Ottawa on fucking Wellington street or wherever you're going to do it. That's the only way you could do it. I'm telling you guys. Yeah. And here I'll bring up this video. Line exactly what you're talking about here. And I'll share it with people on the screen while you're on the phone. Um, so this is at the NDP convention today. And it's, the caption on this one is uh, mayhem and heavy police presence as activists hijack the NDP convention in Hamilton. Their anti-Semitism unmasked for all to see. Yeah, okay, so let's let this roll. Shall we? Yeah. happened 
Oops. Yesterday, after your show, I was surfing, uh, surfing around on YouTube and everywhere else, right? That worked. Yeah. And uh, up came uh, Pierre Polyev's convention that he had in Vancouver. Uh-huh. What a, it was powerful, Rick. I watched it. I went, oh my God. You know, that's the, that's the key is BC for him, too, right? Yeah. Well, listen to this. We got Animal Kingdom going on. I hear that in the background, yeah. Pitbull, Rottweiler, and a Shih Tzu. Well, that's exciting. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, I got a pizza here. I didn't even know about. Get in, get in here, dog. The pizza man don't like dogs. Somebody ordered a pizza here. Yeah, did they pay for it? Uh, no, it's 42.90. Okay, one sec. Okay. I'll tell you what, Leo, we'll sign off so you can go get your pizza, dude. And it's Yeah, coming. okay, brother. All right. Have Thank you, sir. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. All right. And one last call real quick because I got to wrap up to get ready for this other show with Lori at 9. And it's Pam. Go ahead, Pam, real quick tonight. Real super quick one. Oh, my God. Rick, Rick, I've had such a hard time. My dog lost her eyesight, and now she's vomiting. And oh, I don't know what to do. I don't. And anyways, I'm taking her to the vet as soon as I can get an appointment. But it, it's a. I've just been going through hell in the last three weeks, and she she just completely lost her eyesight, and she's hardly. And I hand-fed her today, and she managed to get something down, but now she just started vomiting. Oh, my goodness. Uh, just everybody in here, I, I'm going to ask them to all say a prayer for us, okay? Yeah. What's your dog's name? Just say Tippy. Tippy. Yeah. And the reason I called in tonight is because I wanted to say, there is so much more to this thing going on in in the Middle East right now. I mean, it does go back. I've been studying art history, which is architecture and relics, and uh, for years. And I I took that at university, and it all goes back. Sorry, just a video there of the cops oh. at the NDP thing. Keep going. It all goes. It, it all goes back to ancient, ancient, biblical times. Not history. Not just history. I mean, this is documented. Mm-hmm. Got modern day scholars who aren't don't even believe in God or Christ or anything or Jewish. They, you know, they started realizing that everything in the Old Testament was was kind of coming true as far as who lived where and wh- where they went. So. It, a lot of it does stem out of Israel, actually Egypt and then Israel. But Israel, if you go back in time and you look at old maps, Israel had had was divided by one of King Solomon's yeah, like, sons. Pam, I've got to go, uh, so okay, I'm just going to get I'll, you to I'll wrap wrap it up because um, it's so much history. We could be here saying, all night, but can you just get a give us a, something I, inspirational saying, to kind of close saying, off? Don't take any sides at this point. Keep an open mind and get to learn more about what's going on. That's all I want to say. Okay. It's not something that can be, can be weighed in quickly. It has to, and, 
people will always take sides because they like to belong to something in a certain group. We're a bit tribal that way. But stay, stay objective. And that's why I like your show, because it is objective. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and just, I agree with you. And, yeah. and on the positive note, I love the way you started off with ladies and germs. That was going to be my <laughs> original opening statement tonight, but my dog would start throwing up just as he took me on the call. <laughs> she's, she's not throwing up anymore now. Uh, oh, but it, it, it's been hell. I, I didn't get my voice back until yesterday. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're Three feeling weeks. better. I'm not not glad that your your dog is is not doing well, though. I'm sorry about that. I think she got stressed out because I was so sick, and then and then she got sick, and then something happened where where she just gave a little yelp, and next thing I knew, she was blind. That's but she's awful. going outside and walking. She she had a good walk today. And she's a real trooper getting outdoors. But all I just say is, everybody in the chat, please say, think positively for us. I want to see her come through this. We've all been going through so much crap. In the, and she's not old. Yeah. And we've all been going through so much garbage. So I'm with everybody. I know everybody is suffering. And my hearts are with you all. Thank you, Pam. We gotta go. It's, all right. Uh, we're we're we'll, okay. we'll we'll all be thinking of of Tippy and praying. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. And that wraps it up. Thank you, everybody, for joining me here on the program tonight. Um. Yeah. We'll be back. I'll be back at nine p.m. tonight with Lori on Strange Bedfellows. Should be a good show, so take a break and come on back and join us right here. And we'll have more. And if you don't do that, make sure you come back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, because I will be back on the flip side. This has been a Maverick Multimedia Productions.